0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show on this Monday night, the 15th of November 2021. The Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. Uh, Front and center with rock salt and all the popular and very good uh, snow and ice melt products like Pelado. And mag ice pellets and flakes and just about anything else you need. Snowblowers, shovels, spreaders. You can find them at Omni True Value Hardware, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125. The best prices anywhere in the tri-state area and beyond. OmniTrueValue.com is the website. Wholesale holiday lighting by Gianini. As the countdown to Christmas continues and You could have one of those countdown clocks on your front lawn, along with snowmen, penguins, Santa, soldiers, more snowmen, and of course, elves. And they are at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York. They have extended hours this week and going into this weekend. Plenty of stock, uh, garland, reeds, you name it, they have it. They're your complete holiday lighting specialist meeting all your decorating needs. You can call them at 631 957 5106. And the website is liholidaylighting.com. So, just a second, I will let Mr. Oh, Mr. Rayo is on board. Um, we we're thinking Joe tonight. The show should be relatively non apocalyptic, although I might have spoken too soon. I don't know. <clears throat>
1: I noticed so far that uh, you lead Uncle Joe by 3%. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, he is, you know, Petticoat Junction is not really all that far away from here. And, and of of course, there's always Pixley, uh, where the weather can be a bit fickle, depending on the time of year. But, yeah, uh, you're up to, what are you at, 52%? You took a big jump. All of a sudden because when I looked a few minutes ago it was thirty eight thirty four so now it's fifty two twenty six now bear in mind folks I beat him to fifty I beat him to forty I beat him to thirty we tied for the twenties although I still have a lower temperature so far this fall than Joe has so uh uh <clears throat> let's go let's go for it I figured tonight might be a good time. Uh to put the snow question up uh the uh longer range is looking a little more there's a little more clarity coming into picture in terms of the broad scale pattern uh and uh, it'll, it, it looks like next week might be a bit on how shall we say the interesting side uh depending in the eastern part of the United States, depending on your location uh but uh again, let's emphasize that it is the middle of November here so uh, anything that's got to happen next week would have to be absolutely perfect in order to produce the desired snowweeny result.
1: I've already gotten a couple of people who uh, have been, you know, they sent me maps of all for tropical tidbits, I might add. Thank you right. very much uh, for that. Um, but, you know, Joe, Joe, can it be cold enough? You think it might be cold enough? Joe, look at that Saturday. Look at that upper air. Oh yeah. They're already they're already in the ball game, Joe, rolling along for uh, for you know, the possibilities that loom for yeah. early
0: next week. So, well, we shall see. There were a couple of things and here we are, or at least, you know, we're a week away from anything. Today is just Monday. We've got this whole week to get through. But in a broad sense and I think we could talk about this in a sort of broad, you know, context Uh, A couple of things have uh, I noticed today to follow up from yesterday. Uh, Remember, we were talking about how the models last week, every other run was going in a different direction. First, there's a block, then it's progressive. Then there's a trough in the west and a ridge in the east and on and on. And it probably had a lot to do with the fact that when we looked at the members of the ensemble uh, in terms of the teleconnections, half of them were positive, half of them were negative, and both on the North Atlantic Oscillation, which is a pressure pattern change that we follow in the North Atlantic, and the Pacific North America Index, which is a pressure pattern change across North America. Uh, a lot of spread in uh, whether a pattern is going to be progressive, in other words, moving from west to east and raising your taxes, or... Uh, sorry, I had to throw that in because, you know, people hear that word. Or um, <clears throat> if it's blocky, which, you know, always gets the antenna up of the snow lovers. So I'm going to pull up the uh, NAO today. And 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 I noticed this yesterday, and it's gotten even more so today. Uh, now, it seems that all the members, well, uh, are, are very tightly clustered. We're at a, a positive NAO right now, but they all go negative. And except for one, they stay negative. And in fact, there are some members that actually get to between one and two standard deviations negative. Uh, and I, I think that provided some clarity for the models, both the GFS and the European. The European's been blocky all, you know, more so than the GFS. But, uh, they're, right. they're, they're running consistent now. and there's a, there, We've had a few runs in a row where it's like kind of zeroed in on, on this idea that there's going to be some blockiness. And I think the question is going to be, obviously, how strong and, and how strong is this block going to be? And where is the position of the block? Because that is ultimately very important, where the upper high is uh, and <clears throat> how it reacts to everything uh, downstream. Uh, that's, a, that's a big that's a big variable. And the PNA, the Pacific North America Index, which right now is a little bit negative and stays negative for the next five days or so, but then almost all the members go positive. And we've got uh, a couple of them actually going about one standard deviation positive toward the end of the period. So there's not a big spread in the long range anymore. It's, it's, it's narrowed, and they all seem to be going in one direction. So I think that affords some clarity in terms of how, you know, how this is all going to play out.
1: Well, you know, I, I looked uh, this uh, afternoon at the uh, weather prediction centers, uh, long range discussion, which I always find of interest, especially during the winter months. And, uh, the, the event, quote unquote, the event is actually just outside of the seven day forecast range. And, uh, They are talking about, well, yeah, they're they're near the East Coast. Uh, There may be some kind of an episode uh, early next week. Oh, uh, now they
0: call uh, it an episode. Yes. Okay.
1: But they said basically what you just said, Joe, that there's a bit of a spread, and they're really not all that confident yet. Uh, In fact, I'll say there is enough ensemble support to mention potential Uh, Development of a deep cyclone to impact parts of the Northeast and New England early next week, just beyond the medium range period. However, the model spread, and this is what Mr. Chiaffi just mentioned, folks, the model spread for timing and intensity of this feature remains much too high to be able to talk about specific impacts. Oh, clearly. This This may, and then in parentheses, or may not have on the busy Thanksgiving holiday travel week. So there you go. Uh, It's out there,
0: but uh, still too far off. Did you you see, did you happen to see they got that one thing they're doing now where they have the time frame and they, it's it's like SPC. They show you where they think the, you know, a zone of rough weather is going to be in the longer range. Did you happen to look at that today?
1: No, I did not. Oh, okay. I did not. But uh, but I mean uh, to, to quote Doctor Asimov from uh, his uh, short story, "The Last Question." There is, as of yet, insufficient data for a meaningful answer. So, if you're going to answer this question, <clears throat> are we going to get hit with a significant storm Tuesday or Getaway Wednesday of next week? If you answer with any kind of s- specific uh, answer, uh, you're uh, you're playing with dynamite because uh, it's it's a little bit too far off and There's a lot of spread still, and a lot of things can happen between now and then.
0: Um, Yes. So uh, (laughs) let me me just, uh, before we uh, uh, go on with this long-range stuff, I want to just do two things. One is, uh, welcome to everybody who is watching tonight, to those of you who are new. uh, Welcome to the channel. Hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notifications whenever we do a Joe and Joe weather show, which is usually five days a week, sometimes six. So on, a, on a rare occasion when it's stormy, sometimes seven. And uh, Michael McGuire hitting super chat uh, tonight. The first hit the tip jar. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, we uh, have my fingers crossed that uh, you and I will see snow first out here to the south before uh, the Northerners get it. Uh, the other thing <laughs> I wanted, the other thing I wanted to point out, Joe, is, whoops, that wasn't supposed to happen. Hang on a second. What happens?
1: Uh, Wait a minute. Why am I up there?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm hold being, on, hold on. Let me fix. No, no. I know. Let me fix this. All right. Hang on. It's just a moment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah, you just kind of jump to the the bottom of the screen, and then I did something here, so I got to fix that. And let me let me fix this. And. Whoops. Now, I can put us back the way, on the I, screen. Hold on. All right. No, I wanted to go to this by the anyway. Way, I, I do have, a, <clears throat> I do got mulch. I got plenty of mulch. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just as a, a side note here, uh, with regards to Saturday's severe weather outbreak, uh, we are now up to seven confirmed tornadoes inside the zone of the Upton. Weather Service, which includes Long Island, New York City, Southern Connecticut, the Hudson Valley, Northeastern New Jersey, uh, we now have uh, seven confirmed tornadoes, including one, two, three, four, four on Long Island. And Joe, this is the first time uh, in recorded weather history that um, Long Island has seen tornadoes in the month of November. So this obviously right. is. Probably a generational event. I would hate to think this is going to be a yearly thing because we're now the new tornado alley. Uh, also, three in Connecticut, uh, new, new Haven County, uh, an EF zero near Branford. Uh, also, another one in New Haven County, uh, uh, EF zero in Cheshire, and in Cheshire, and in New England County, uh, in, sorry, New London County in Connecticut, an EF one. <laughs> In Stonington, and by the way, the Suffolk counties, were the Long Island tornadoes were all EF zeros, with the exception of the EF1 designation for the tornado that went from Shirley to um, Manorville. I uh, also just want to give a quick check to uh, the Boston office uh, to see if they put anything on their homepage that would make it just easy and I can just click. Okay, good. They did. Uh, the November 14th, 2021 tornado survey results. So, let's see. So, um, Stonington, Connecticut to Western Rhode Island. Uh, it was one. North Kingstown, Rhode Island tornado. So that's two. And the – that's it so far. And they gave – It was uh, also – Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: There was also a – there was also one in uh, <clears throat> Dutchess County, in eastern Dutchess County. Yeah. In the town of Washington. Uh, that, that occurred the earliest of all of the tornadoes listed by the Upton or Boston Weather Services. Uh, the one that uh, – this was in Albany's uh, district. Uh, Eastern Dutchess County, Town of Washington, 11.15 a.m. That was the precursor to all of the mayhem that was going to occur uh, a few hours later uh, across Long Island and portions of southern England.
0: <clears throat> and DF1, Al- Albany way. doesn't have anything on their homepage, uh, so it would take me about too long to go digging it around in the public information centers, uh, statements. But, look, the bottom line is that uh, Saturday was an utterly exceptional um, weather event um, write it down: November thirteenth, twenty twenty-one, severe tornado outbreak uh, in uh, parts of the Northeast, and we can—I'll uh, be talking about that one for quite a while. All right, so let's go back to this long-range stuff. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm starting at the GFS on the latest run, and I backtrack to Friday, <clears throat> so you can see how the lead systems impact the follow-up systems. Of course, there's your incredibly sharp V-shaped trough that produced the severe weather on Saturday, the follow-up trough that came through Sunday night and Monday, morning with precip, and now, of course, we've got cold air uh, lasting into Tuesday. Uh, Then that trough lifts out because there's no block out there at the moment. Uh, Remember, the NAO right now is positive for the next three or four days, so everything's kind of moving along from west to east, get into a bit of a ridge position for Wednesday into Thursday. I think we're going to warm up quick. Uh, should be in the 60s, certainly uh, Thursday could be low to mid-60s, maybe even mid to upper 60s if um, the cold front waits till the end of the day with maybe another round of showers and thunderstorms. Although I think this upper trough, Joe, is not quite like the one we had on Saturday. In fact, it's, it's more like the one we had on Friday where the front runs out well ahead of the uh, upper trough support. And then what comes on Friday as that upper trough swings through early Friday morning is rather broad. So that actually brings in a fairly decent shot of cold air uh, into the Northeast and mid Atlantic States for Friday and Saturday. Then that lifts out, but watch what's going on South of Greenland. You've got this big upper high that suddenly builds and that is the beginnings of a block. But the the, the issue here on, on this particular run and on some runs is the position of that block, Joe, is a little bit too far east. And uh, I don't know whether I'm convinced of the models trying to dive this trough in the eastern states, southeast, and trying to cut it off uh, in over of the mid-Atlantic states, which is what the GFS did and what the European did in an incredibly vigorous fashion. But the block is there, and it stays there. So that upper low has, you know, has a tough time. It lifts out, but doesn't quite completely pull out. And then you've got more energy that swings around. Look how dominant this is, and this is all of Thanksgiving week. Look how dominant that blocky pattern is um, uh, at the end of next week. Uh, the upper high actually moves further west to southern Greenland and pushes into northeastern Canada. So that is in a bit more of a Favorable position for weather systems to go underneath us. And now there are short waves running around at the end of Thanksgiving week and going into Thanksgiving weekend. And the pattern overall, I think, looks to be on the chilly side—not not every single day, but on most days uh, from uh, next week and probably the week after that. The way the way it's picking up now. Again, the question is: is that where is that blocking high going to be, and is it going to be strong enough and west enough to force All that energy that's in the eastern part in 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 eastern Canada to kind of dive southeastward and cut off underneath. Uh, That part of the equation, Joe, is what I have a a big a question about because we could still wind up with a low that's up in upstate New York with a trailing cold front that comes comes through on Monday, and then maybe there'll be some follow-up system uh, Wednesday or Thursday Thanksgiving the day before Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day itself. That comes up from the south. That that that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now.
1: All right. Well, backtracking to uh, this week, <clears throat> I think that uh, first of all, if I I I would not doubt, as you just mentioned yourself, we I think we have a shot. Maybe and maybe not necessarily here in the Hudson Valley, but maybe uh, in places in uh, uh, North Central, Central, South Jersey, maybe taking a run at 70 on uh, on uh, Wednesday afternoon. It is going to turn quite mild, very mild, in fact. The front, the next cold front that's coming our way, which probably will be here, it looks like to me, uh, sometime around uh, nightfall, you know, well, beyond nightfall, maybe like 6, 7 o'clock. And after the front moves on through, maybe with some early shower activity, the even though the uh, the winds will be obviously coming out of the northwest behind that cold front for later Thursday into early Friday, The upper-level winds are still going to be mostly out of a southwest to west direction, so I really don't see it getting. You know, it's going to get chillier. No question about it. It's going to turn noticeably chillier on Friday, but really colder weather uh, may have to hold off until the start of the weekend on Saturday. Saturday. But even then,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. But but even then, it'll be short-lived. Yeah,
0: it comes in, it comes in and quick and goes out quick, uh, because of the way the high is. And then we have to wait to see what's going to happen with the energy, with what's going on in Eastern Canada. Uh, you start to see on Sunday uh, the GFS wants to shoot precip uh, into uh, Pennsylvania and upstate New York with some snow on the front end. That it's very light, and, you know it's no big deal here, obviously. You know, rushing into what's left of any cold air that's around on Saturday into Sunday morning. Uh, Then that goes by. So that's another front that goes by. And here on today's the late day where the 18Z run, it has all the energy in the north, you know, pulling up into north into eastern Canada. And then it does develop a coastal low, but it develops it way out. And we have cold air that just right. This is for uh, the beginning of Monday and Tuesday of next week. You know, you do have a big plunge of cold air. There's a nice cold high coming down out of Canada. You got 522, 516 thicknesses driving down the East Coast. Lots of isobars, so it'll be windy. Lake effect snows going on. But this has a, a much less stormy scenario than the, than the 12Z. And again, that goes to how <coughs> each run is going to handle the strength of the block or the lack of strength. Uh, In the block, I just backed it up to the 12Z run, for example, which you know brings the front through. It gets hung up to our south, and then you get a. Instead of having the low in the northern stream go up to the St. Lawrence River, uh, it dives into Ohio and redevelops right off the Jersey coast, south of Long Island, as a 981 low south of Montauk by Tuesday morning. And you can see it's got snow in upstate New York and into, into Pennsylvania. And then the low just kind of, uh, you know, really wraps up and goes up uh, into New Brunswick and then <clears throat> spins away up in eastern Canada. So you're going to see these variables here from run to run uh, over the next several days. Uh, so I certainly would not put any you know, stock into anything specific. Uh, I would also advise people because. The snow maps are already up. I got a message from somebody saying that um, <laughs> someone so, someone someone's already put out a forecast that in Garrett County, Maryland, uh, they're going to get 46 inches. Uh, okay, <laughs> that, that's the number, 46 inches. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't do snow maps till we get inside 72 just- hours. So it's it's a it, it's a completely ridiculous. Uh, conversation to be having at this at this time at at this at this stage of what we're watching evolve
1: yeah for those people who are not unaware Garrett County is like uh, west of Hagerstown in the western end of uh, Maryland but it's also uh, a very mountainous and I know full well about Garrett County because the private forecasting service that I used to work with uh, one of our clients was in Garrett County and i got a chuckle out of the 46 inches actually they 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 sometimes do get local uh, heavy duty amounts but uh, i think 46 inches is a little bit on the high side for the especially at this time of the year joe
0: that's right and the chairman scott briller hitting super chat and reminding us that 3 years ago today uh, was a 3 to 6 inch snowfall that was unif- that was uh, predicted but ignored by <laughs> For most of the uh, forecasters and government officials uh, thank you for bringing that up that that caused wailing and gnashing of teeth uh for many uh but anyhow uh just wanted to take a look here i I brought up the the twelve z gFS run uh just to look at what's going on elsewhere around the country and actually when you look at it uh Tuesday and Wednesday across most of the u s it's quiet it even stops raining in the Pacific Northwest for a couple of days. Then we got this front for Thursday night. I, by the way, I put in that there could be a thunderstorm. Uh, I don't think it's a severe weather case, uh, but I put in that there could be a thunderstorm when that front comes through um, Thursday night. And then you see that quick shot of cold air. Meanwhile, we do have some snow showing up on uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Actually, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday in the northern Rockies and in the northwest. Uh, then, uh, heading into Sunday, we've got some at that activity in the lakes that moves up into Northern New England. And then here comes this nice cold high dropping down out of Canada. And again, do, do we have a, a situation like what the GFS described at the 12 Z run, or is it something like the 18 Z, which is more of a cold front and the coastal development winds up happening further out. And then we'll see if there's some kind of follow-up system, which the GFS hints at for, um, Thanksgiving night into Friday morning, we'll see how much reality is in that one, and then we'll just kind of leave it at there because that takes us to uh to the end of the week. But I I am kind of feeling you know, I, I like continuity, I like clarity. So when I start to see models provide at least a little bit of clarity, it just does, it does give may give me a little bit um more confidence in terms of how the longer range is going to play out. I think uh Yeah. I mean, there's not
1: much more I can add because we, as we have been saying ever since the show began for all those people out there who've been getting very excited about that prospect for early next week, when you see the runs so different, I mean, from one, from the 12 Z to the 18 Z and the positioning of the upper low, the positioning of the, of the coastal system, actually it doesn't, on the 12 Z show, it doesn't really start out as a coastal system. It has some kind of a low pressure surface, Disturbance that's passing pretty much right over the or near to the tri-state area, and then it goes right. flying out to sea.
0: A lake slow um, that that drops down and redevelops. Uh, right. the, the European was interesting enough uh, with this wrapped-up cutoff low down near Chesapeake Bay, and one of the things I found interesting about this was when I looked at now I looked at this and I thought, you know, this this has a look of of an upside down. Um, uh, you know, an upside-down situation. So I pulled up the 850, and lo and behold, so this is the 850 on Tuesday morning with a 978 low east of Cape May and south of Islip. Uh, you'll notice that it is warmer as you move up through New Jersey, eastern Pennsylvania, on up into New England. Uh, this on the European, right. with a re- this is an upside-down type storm. Meanwhile, I'm like minus ten at 8:50 here. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> look at the, I mean, look at the zero. The zero collapses all the way down almost to Jacksonville. Now, what's happening here is uh, is that uh, the European is cutting this off fast. You know, too well if we want to call it too soon. But the European is cutting this off. Very early, it's already cut off into the Great Lakes on Monday as it's diving southeastward, which gives it this, you know, this this um upside down type look. It's it's a really it's a totally wrapped up, almost occluded type surface storm. And in fact, when you look at the surface on this on the European, uh, you'll notice that uh you know, there's a low up near Sault Ste. Marie Monday morning, it's very close to where the upper low is, and then suddenly. There's a 978 low east of Cape May south of, of Islip a 978 yeah is that 9 978. So if if, if it's as, if it's as deep and dynamic as a European has, it's going to be rain. It actually will probably be snow right. if this is if this verifies you know where it'll be snowing it'll be snowing in the Western Virginia mountains, maybe even into Eastern West Virginia and down the Appalachians uh, down uh, maybe into the Carolina mountains. Uh, if that's correct, so uh, this is this is you know this is one of those instances where you can't have a storm that's too strong, and, and of course, given the the, the time of year, uh, you're going to have warm air sweeping in from the east, going all the way up over the top in New England, and all the cold air because it's cutting off so far west winds up dropping southeastward down into the southeastern states.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you talk about that upside down pattern, Joe. I mean, like you're going to do it again, right? You're going to, you'll probably end up seeing (laughs) snow before I, I do with this, this
0: type of a pattern. Right. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, again, uh, we have the next, the next bunch of runs are going to do all sorts of adjustments. Uh, The thing to focus on is the strength of the block uh, and how it interacts with the approaching energy. That's going to be moving into the great lakes late in the weekend, um, early next week. Uh, no, Tom, the map is not wrong, okay? I'm just going to tell you, if it winds up looking like the European is, uh, it that's what's going to happen. It's going to be rain uh, from New Jersey up into New England, and it's going to be snow to the southwest. It's It cuts off too quickly. Uh, it, 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 they'll have, a, there'll be an upside down nature to this if it were, if it were literally like this. I don't know that it's going to be. Uh, it's probably way overdone, uh, in, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing at the moment. Um, uh, you know, it, it, the block would have to be really super, super strong to pull this off. But this would not. I don't think this would be a snowstorm. In fact, if you, I looked at the, if you look at the European in terms of the, uh, the surface maps, um, just real quick. I mean, most of the snow and and sleet on this is to the south and west of the low. It's all rain to the north and east. Makes total sense.
1: And Ken Muzillo, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, Muzillo or Muzillo, um, on the chat board is talking about he uh, remembers or he thinks that there was a big storm coinciding with Thanksgiving either in 1971 or 72. And what he's referring to, Ken, what you're referring to is indeed a major coastal storm, a nor'easter that occurred in November of 1971, the only storm to date that has managed to ground completely the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloons. that They have flown every year before and every year since, but that was the one year, Joe, in 1971 where they were not able to fly them because I think the winds were something like 40 or 50 miles an hour, lots of rain in New York proper, but rain changing over to a significant snowfall just to the north and west of uh, New York and that's and that by the way 1971 that means it's what that's the uh, that the 50th anniversary? yeah the yeah, 50th, 50th anniversary 50 years at the, the 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 scary thing for that for me is i remember that so clearly that particular uh scenario like it's like it was only like 5
0: or 10 or 15 years ago Fifty years ago. Wow. By the way, as I recall, uh, maybe it was was it December of '71 or '72. Maybe it was '72. But we had a lot of we had I, we had a couple like two or three big nor'easters uh, that uh, were big wind and rain events. One in particular, I think, it was in early December. That seems to be in my in my memory here. I don't know if you recall that.
1: No, but I do recall. Midnight Mass at St. Benedict's Church in Throg's Neck, 1978, and it was at uh, midnight. It was pouring rain, and you were you were there. I was there in in the church, and you had this look. You were, like, so sad, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I knew what was going through your mind. you probably say, well, oh, why are we wasting all of this great precip? <laughs> I think the storm just went inland to the west of <clears throat> us, and we ended up getting bombed with, like, heavy duty rain on uh, christmas eve night so um that's that's what stands out in my mind as far as stormy decembers are concerned back in the 70s
0: um polar vortex you got to well, look
1: on your your, your the fa- your, your face in that church looked kind of like uh it, it could have been on a on on an old poster for radio for for europe
0: oh god <laughs> by the way the the uh, polar vortex going forward you know still remains very large, uh, spread out, not wrapped up like a tight little ball. <clears throat> the center drifts down into uh, northern Greenland, it sort of stretches back to uh, Siberia, but remains elongated um, north-south over the pole. And it's still that way uh, at the uh, end of the 16-day 10, 10 uh, period, which now, Joe, is, believe it or not, December the 1st.
1: I believe it. I believe it. by the way, Frank uh, Frank Riccio, 1972 73 winter Frank is saying that it is the least amount of snow at Central Park. Yes, you're absolutely right, Frank. only a trace. No, you're wrong, Franking. Uh, two point8 inches fell at Central Park uh, during that particular winter season. And I forget again what what exactly what year it was, but there was one year where we had like 0.1 inches of snow all the way up to the like the 20th of March. And it looked like that was going to be the all-time low snow record for Central Park. And then, well, what do you know? On the first day of spring, we had a five-inch snowstorm.
0: Yeah, in I, I want to York. say <clears throat> I want to say it was the winter of 97-98. I want to say yeah, that.
1: It might have been the El Nino year. Yeah, that it certainly could have happened that way. So anyway, still working on our first inch this year. We'll see how how and when
0: we get it right if we get it all right so you know what we kind of pretty much put all the cards on the table tonight uh in 35 minutes which is pretty good so why don't we uh head on over to the uh tonight's um briller jeopardy uh Oh yes, Christina Petey says her sister Teresa posted on Facebook. Good, thank goodness there is no snow yet. As much wants me to tell her it's only November. Yes, correct, it is only November. Um. Uh. All right. So Scott says I should bring up the map of. Oh, I gotta find it from from uh. 2018. I, I don't I don't know where it is. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't know where it is. I'd have to dig it up, Scott. I I don't have like you know, it'll take me forever. Are you talking about the uh
1: the, the, the snowstorm on this? Yeah, day, do or? you
0: have it? I
1: don't have it, but I could probably get it for you in about a minute or two or if you want to hold on for that long. All right.
0: Wanna kill some kill <clears> some time. Okay. Um yeah. Well I got nothing to rant or wave about. I didn't see anything on Facebook weather-wise that annoyed me today, so that's not it. Um, There's nothing I could talk about there. Uh, I don't know. I really don't have much else. Well, you know what? Why don't I check on the poll, Joe? Um, The latest results from tonight's poll with a blocking pattern possibly developing, which Joe sees measurable snow first? Joe Rayo, 54%. Of 98 votes, 54% of, uh, of say Joe Rayo, 29% say me, and Uncle Joe from Petticoat Junction now, Joe, down to 17%. I don't think I've ever remember a Petticoat Junction air, uh, episode where it snowed.
1: No, I don't remember one either of uh, snow. I did a couple of that. Uh, uh, now, in my market, we have. We have uh, um, me tv but we just had added to our list me tv plus and it was on a saturday afternoon flicking around and i saw one of the very early episodes of petticoat junction in black and white and uh it seemed like b benedered was so fresh and vibrant and you know so happy and they had a except for except for uh linda k henning who was i think uh, uh bobby joe Bobby Joe or Billy Joe? Billy Joe. Well, Betty, jo. she Betty. Betty no, no, Joe. She was Betty. Jo. Betty Joe. No, she was Betty Joe. Betty Joe. She was Betty Joe. The other two, the other two sisters, they had varying actresses. Who, like for example, I, uh, Meredith, Meredith McRae was Billy Joe, uh, Billy Joe, Billy Joe, back in the later years of Betty Go Junction, and uh, there was a completely different actress who was playing the, uh, the that role, the blonde. Right. Um, but it was It was kind of weird to see see it in black and white. You know, I was so accustomed to seeing it in in color. Now I have the I have the map now for uh, November fifteenth. So all I need is it's need already to...
0: there. I've already done it.
1: It's already there. There you go. Here we go. Ba bum ba bum, boom, and there you are. Thursday, November fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. High pressure centered over Burlington, Vermont. Low pressure developing just off. It looks like and that uh, was a very here, cold. To, uh... That
0: was a very cold high, by the way. Right right I do remember fact, I having I do remember having a conversation with Jeff banson that uh, uh that morning about the fact that the uh, the moss gave LaGuardia three uh, and the and the uh the uh, uh the the foose gave LaGuardia at least three inches and he said uh, you know he said there was uh, you know I'm throwing him under the bus uh he he, he, he uh he, <laughs> he, he didn't believe that we were going to get the three inches I, that memory stuck in my head. For some reason, <laughs> that particular conversation. So naturally, <laughs> you remember now, You know these, these are guys, these, I, I love mean, you Jeffrey, and I, by the way, he knows it. So. Right.
1: Yeah. But, but as I've said over and over, especially to those who are just starting in this business, I mean, this, this is very much it. a lot of verges on empiricism of being knocked down to the ground, Get yourself up. You learn by your mistakes. Right. You and I, you and I, have been around for like four decades now. Guys like Jeffrey, and also uh, our dear friend Addison, who's now down in Houston, Texas. Do you remember the time that I came in? You were already you were already in at the FiOS one, and Addison had already been there for several hours. He he started like at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and it was it was on the day of I think our our first possible snowfall. And 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 Addison spent a long time making a beautiful snow map, and he had like for where I live, he had like two to four inches, and up up north of me like four to eight, and down across Long Island he had one to three inches in the city and everything else. And I think you may have told him. I think you went a little overboard. And Addison said, "No, I, you really think so? I, I think you had a chance to say, no, you you went overboard.'" He says, wait till Joe Rayo comes in. Wait till Joe Rayo comes in. I come in. I take off my jacket, put it down, look. A, and you said, Addison wants to show you something. And I walked over and looked at the map. And I said, I said, you did that map? And he said, yeah. And he looked very proud. And I said, and you honestly are going to put that on the air? <laughs> and all of a sudden, you started you started like horse, horse laughing, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I to, What was the final result? The final result was I think we got like a fraction of what, what Addison's right. map had suggested. Well,
0: we, like saved, this is, this we, is... right, we saved it from an utter, you know, total humiliation. Yes. <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> the, the, fun, the, uh, the funny thing was the fact that even before you got there, uh, for some reason, they, they were always on pins and needles on snow events, and they would wait for me to come in. As if I, you know, as if I, I was the ultimate judge and had the final word. Uh, and right. I used to get into, you know, I used to try to emphasize the fact that uh, your Long Island forecasts are off. They're not, you know, in all seriousness, you know, they were, um, they were forecasting snow amounts on Long Island and nobody really understands the microclimate of Long Island unless you live there. So, you know, there was this assumption for many years that, you know, Long Island was just this coastal community that changed terrain like it did in coastal New Jersey, and nothing could be further from the truth. So I kind of emphasize the fact that, you know, a lot of times I have to say, you know what, you're you're kind of too low for Long Island, especially on the North Shore. But I used to always, you know, I used to always break Addison's chops because he'd he'd always have that map ready for me to look at. I come in uh, and I'd look at it and I would say, you know, Addison, that is perfect, but you need to change something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? or if I really, well, if you I know, really, really wanted to bust his chops, I would say, yeah, that map's adorable. You know, i'd say the map, you know, that snow map is so cute. But we just, you know, we, need, you know, that's the that's the, that that was your first try, right? That's not the final map. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know who really, really
1: uh, uh, idolized you, Joe, was John Houseman.
0: John was was your your man. Yeah, John. You were with him at PIX11. I was with him at PIX. He was the reason why I I got to work at PIX. And uh, there were a number of weather events over the years. Even after I I got let go from PIX, I called him up. I called him up about three or four days before Sandy and told him, this is the real deal. You need to, you know, you need to be ready for this. And he always remembered that because I was always, yep. you know, I always tried to be on top of things. But that, yeah, John and I had a great relationship. I haven't talked to him since since, um, since we left. I used to text him. From you know my...
1: where he's doing now? Or...
0: No, I have no idea. I used to text him hmm. on, the, on my way home. Uh, because I would leave uh about I would usually leave about twenty or thirty minutes before he did. So uh I would text him to let him know which bridge to take because they were doing all this construction work on the on the Throg's neck or the Whitestone. So I would text him and say, right. uh, you know, tonight whitestone tonight or stay away from the Throg's neck. They just shut it down. You know, was, you know John John was John is the best. John is the best. Incidentally
1: on this Incidentally, on this map that I have up here, notice, if you will, that there is a zero isotherm just north and west of the center. You talk about cold, we- cold air, that was indeed a very cold high, and the setup uh, was indeed for possible significant uh, or at least accumulating snow.
0: Mm-hmm. And, 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 we uh, had a, and we had a, quote, warm ground, unquote. Remember the warm grounds? Yeah. By the way yep. <clears throat> I yep. don't know if you picked up on the fact I wasn't joking uh but there's the low I mean it basically moved right over New York City so um you know it, the the cold air eventually got scoured out um I don't know if you <clears throat> you realize this but I was not joking when I sent you that when I asked you about the clouds on Saturday those cloud formations and you said that they were yes. a- aspiratus <clears throat> the um the, the Wikipedia link, you know, I'm kidding around about the Warm Ground Association. I wonder whether that might actually there may actually be one because I was I was never aware of the fact that there's a cloud appreciation society. <laughs> You're kidding me! Yeah, there no, really, that's it. Really was look at, look, there. At, look at that. Look at that Wikipedia link. It's it, the 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 uh, the explanation of those clouds is courtesy of the Cloud uh, uh, Appreciation Society. Appreciation Society. Hi. I don't know.
1: I was never very. <clears throat> I never was really big at big with with, with cloud identification. Although, um, the, the, there were a few cloud formations that stuck out in my memory, and that looked more to me like. Asperatus, not asparagus,
0: but yeah, asperatus cloud,
1: asperagus as opposed as opposed to uh, you were thinking about Mamatis or
0: yeah, I, I wasn't yeah, I wasn't a... sure. I mean, I, I I you learn something new every day. It's the uh, aspirate. apparently. Apparently, that's a a recent uh, cloud designation that goes back to about 2009 or so. Yeah, from what I hey, understand, from, from from what I say understand by. Uh, uh the rival <clears throat> organization uh the cloud worshipers society <laughs> all right let's oh, let's do a little bur- briller jeopardy here, here and uh put an end to our suffering um so here we go you ready um, yes. okay so <clears throat> uh tonight joe we turn to the summit of Mount washington elevation of 62 62- uh, 6,288.2 feet. Okay. Okay. Uh, eight degrees for credit. What was the highest and lowest temperature for the Mount Washington Summit for November, December, and January? So let's start with November.
1: Oh, it's... Give me a break, Joe. I thought when you when you let up with the warmest temperature, I said, I know that. It was in August of 1975.
0: Is that you want November, December, and January yes. the warmest temperatures? Yes, the warmest temperatures, okay. November, December, and January oh god well
1: six thousand all right six hang on for a second i got my little calculator here six thousand two hundred and if i there that's uh, 6.2 times 3.5 of the day of the 21 Is the then you know surprisingly in the month of december I actually I – th- I think that uh, they, they managed to get as high as like 48
0: degrees. I'll say 48 for December. Well, you were very close for December. You're saying 48 for December. Right. 47 is the number right. for December. What about November?
1: For November? Yeah. No, I'll, I will add um, – I'll say 54.
0: 52. Okay. And since you're doing all highs, do January. And January,
1: January, January. Uh, I don't know. January. How about 40,
0: 45? Oh, yeah, I think you were going to say 47. That would have put you even closer. 48. 48. (laughs) So you did good with the high. So now let's do the lows for November, December and January.
1: The lows, oh boy how about for uh, november something crazy uh, minus ne- uh, negative uh, negative ten minus twenty six wow
0: december okay
1: well that that sets the stage for so minus twenty six november how about minus how hmm, minus
0: forty five minus forty six for um, okay. December, so very good within one and January. How about minus? How about minus fifty three? Uh, minus forty seven hmm. for January. And the bonus question tonight: within eight inches, the highest twenty-four hour snowfall ever. Yes. Am I Washington? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, how about, uh, I'll pick something ridiculous out of the air. 42, 42 inches.
0: No, not too close. Not too bad. Still within eight, 49.3 set in in 1969. You know, that was what, December, the the December
1: 25th, 26th, Mm -hmm. 1969. Yeah. I remember that one. I don't remember Mount Washington getting hit, but specifically, but I remember that storm that we, we it started snowing on Christmas night, like at six or seven o'clock in the evening, and then it changed over to rain or sleet and rain the next day. But portions of New England, like Vermont uh, and New Hampshire, got walloped with heavy,
0: heavy, heavy snow. So yeah, and not quite at the elevation of um, Mount Washington, uh, Chuck Cardillo. Uh, at 3,000 feet in the Catskills there, uh, not too far from Deposit, New York, uh, looking at uh, some of the snow shots that he's he had from the last couple of days. And uh, you can see uh, here some nice snow cover uh, covering the trees and the uh, the roadway there. Uh, very, uh, very scenic. Very pretty. Oops, I lost it. Uh, oh, OK. Hang on a second. Let's see. No. Uh God, I hate maneuvering through all of this. Everything just uh, jumps around. Let me uh let me see if I can get those photos up again. So, let's try. So, let's uh let's go. So, there's one and there's a second one. There's a third one. A lot of snow, nice snow cover on the uh on the pines. And for some reason, it only wants to let me see uh, the, those three shots. So I know you sent me more, uh, Chuck, but it, it, for some reason it doesn't want to let me see bring up the the rest of them. But uh, Chuck got his first accumulating snows of the season <clears throat> at 3,000 feet uh, above sea level in in the uh, in the Catskills. So there.
1: Lovely, lovely. All right. So and away we go.
0: And away uh, we ball, go. Ball.
1: Paul Roman says he likes my sweatshirt. So I'll just show you. I don't wear this sweatshirt too often. This is when the Mets won the pennant in 2000. However, those of you who are Yankee <clears> fans <throat> will well remember that uh, the Yankees took the Mets four games to one in the World Series. But uh, it's nice. It was it was kind of coolish today, so I thought I'd wear the uh, wear it. All right, uh, very good. Being-
0: and I, I've, I've been, being- I'm wearing this giant sweatshirt uh, uh, until next Monday. Uh, when they play, the, uh, uh, the, uh, they play Tampa Bay. So uh, I'm not taking yes, it Yes, just off. their bye week. Right.
1: This is their bye week. All right. Yeah. The
0: uh, Joe and Joe Weather Show uh, tonight and every night brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125 for the uh, best prices in town on rock salt or anything you need when it comes to snow and ice melt products the website is omnitruevalue.com wholesale holiday lighting by gianini your complete holiday lighting specialist uh, meeting all your decorating needs whether you want your home decorated for the holidays or maybe you are in this business and you need supplies and you know reeds garland christmas balls stuff <laughs> they're open and they're open late they got Plenty in stock, 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York, serving the entire tri state area of New York and beyond. Their telephone number is 631 957 5106, and the website is liholidaylighting.com. So, you and I will be back tomorrow night to do this all over again, and we'll see if we can gain any clarity as far as uh, next week is concerned. But we do seem to be living in an interesting time. Weather pattern wise. So let's see what adventures it takes us on. All right. Thanks tonight for those of you.
1: Give us something to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Nice. Thank you uh, tonight, uh, the chairman and Michael McGuire, both uh, hitting the Super Chat tip jar. As always, uh, it is uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, Joe and I will see you tomorrow night. Uh, The final results of the poll, by the way, Joe, 55% for you. 27% 27% for me. And that's Uncle Joe. He's a looving kind of slow at the junction. 18% for Edgar, Edgar Buchanan. Not
1: bad for a guy who's been dead for like 40 years. Exactly. <laughs>
0: 99, everybody.
1: Night. Bye-bye.